our Reach Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they have faced throughout their careers, how they became them and what tips they for girls of my age. Today my guest is Lara Morgan, businesswoman, motivational speaker and investor. Lara is also passionate about both mental and physical well-being. Lara sold her first business for several millions of pounds and continues to build brands. Thanks for joining me today, Lara. Can we start by you telling us all how you got started and your journey so far? Um, so very briefly, I got started. Uh, my parents used to make me do jobs to pay my, I guess, pocket money and uh, to learn early how to work. And I think that's been a huge asset. So my first job was actually serving McDonald's hamburgers. Um, then I uh, did various odd jobs. I worked in a 24-hour store and in a supermarket. Um, I grew up in Hong Kong, but I also used to work in the summer holidays doing things like the scoreboards at British Open. And then my career began after I left school and my dad went bankrupt. So that was a bit of a baptism. But I guess, you know, that's kind of a hard beginning. But the truth is it gets you focused on learning how to pay bills. I started selling things. Um, I'm always very proud of my sales career. I don't think here in Britain we're very good at talking about sales being a profession, but it truly is. And without sales, we have no business. So I started selling promotional giveaways. And then I set up my own first my first company when I was 23. Wow. That is uh, 30 years ago, Grace. So it feels like I mean, three decades is a long time in any lifetime. Yeah. And I went from selling those promotional giveaways to selling, you know, the miniatures that people nick and take home from hotels like shampoos and shower caps and yeah. miniatures. And, and, and I'm very pleased to say that that's kind of a dying industry in the sense that we should be using dispensed toiletries. I ran that business from a one man band to when I had 486 people trading in. 110 countries around the world with luxury hotels and I was manufacturing gorgeous branded toiletries wow. and and sold that business. Now you're making me feel old because that was 12 years ago. <laughs> um, I've since then become a investor in health and wellness companies. So I'm very passionate about seeing young enterprise grow, but I'm also a backer of people with good ideas and creatives and somehow we kind of then provide them the mechanics and the commerciality of business and that's what I do today so I invest in brands. Why do you think it is important for entrepreneurs to start at such a young age? It's a really good question and actually it's it's not it's not just important it's just easier so when you're 23 you don't have many responsibilities you don't have you can have as many distractions as you want, but the truth is you're not paying school fees or you're not paying overheads in the same way as carrying a family. You can bring agility and you can bring modern ideas and maybe you're probably more technically and uh, digitally astute or capable. And I just think you have a different level of energy, but not everybody loses an energy as they get older I would just say sometimes we have smarter energy and actually truthfully business is not an easy and straightforward journey so the idea that we can um, experiment and make mistakes is a really good thing so the younger you start the more mistakes you can make hopefully you can grow faster and be bolder 
and then be bigger and braver as you grow. When you were at school, did you know what you wanted to be or did that happen later in life? So I still don't know what I want to be. Um, when I was little, uh, we used to travel on aeroplanes a lot and I used to want to be an air hostess, but that didn't work out. Um, and I candidly can tell you that at school I was one of those girls who had no idea. I didn't want to be a doctor or a surgeon. At my school, it was thought that everybody should go to university, which I think is utter rubbish. Um, I don't think you need qualifications to do of the kind that you get at university for everything when actually sometimes the best university is life experience. So I hope there's someone listening that hears what I'm saying. And when one day maybe their parents are going, you must go to university, you can say, hey, that's not necessarily true. I know a multimillionaire that never went. <laughs> Obviously, we've all been hit by COVID with shops only just reopening. How have you had to deal with the COVID-19 issues? Um, I've been very lucky in the sense that COVID has provided me some benefits by being at home more and not having to travel and not be away from my family. So, you know, let's say that COVID brings some, you know, you have to look at the positives, although commercially there are some serious negatives of choking our commercial industry. But I think we've also learned to be more dynamic about how we work. I'm not a dinosaur. I don't think you need to go into the office every day. And I haven't been. And my laptop has been in my handbag since 1991 and my mobility has meant that with a laptop I can travel I can sit on the floor of an Indian airport and work and I can sit in a nice boardroom and I'm hoping that some of the dinosaurs that have felt that everyday office routine imperative and presenteeism I hope that dies so and with regards to my businesses Covid has provided an opportunity to in some cases, stop and look at what we're doing and start again, which has been really tough. But, you know, you have to be positive about the negative. And for my Yogi Bear uh, company, the you know, yoga and any fitness equipment for home use has, has sold off the charts. And I also have a mindful well-being company, which is for young and older people. And it helps people sleep or deal with stress in a natural way by applying a, a balm. So amongst my mixed, I'd say I've got, you know, a fair balance and, and some real wins and some real challenges. But in every case, we're still learning, which you never stop doing because you can never be complacent in business. I know that you are passionate about mental and physical well-being. What do you love so much about it? So I didn't realise when I was young how lucky I was that the parents that I have were pretty sporty, um, wanted to try things. My dad had these sayings, and as did my mum, you know, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And my mum's Scottish, so she used to say, she says today even, if you look after the pennies, the pounds look after themselves. So savings and um, do unto others as you wish to have done unto yourself. So, um you know, the if at first you don't succeed is a perfect mantra for enterprise because you might have to find a different way and a determination to deliver a product or service. So I'd say that upbringing of playing sports and having a mindset that says you should try stuff and it doesn't matter if you fail because sometimes you won't fail and you'll have a great experience, but sometimes you'll just learn, but it may not be a great experience. And sometimes you learn by doing something and it wasn't great and it wasn't bad, but you learn you don't want to do it anymore. So the more we have experiences, 
at a young age and the more we play sports and we might win sometimes and we might lose sometimes, it embeds good, healthy habits like controlling your weight, eating the right things, so nutrition, um, feeding your mind so that you're, says she, eating a packet of crisps because I'm hungry today. But the truth is nobody's perfect and some of us have, you know, appalling habits and some of us have a better idea of controlling other habits. But my brand centered is about supporting habit change for good thinking. And I know that those skills came to me because of my upbringing. What I know now is not every child grows up with sporting family. So the fact that I kind of fit fitness and health into my days is lucky. My mum also kind of embedded in my upbringing the importance of good vegetable and fresh fruit and eating naturally. And even though we used to frankly, rib, rib her a bit because she used to eat granola, uh, you know, 45 years ago. We used to call her a horse at breakfast. I am now a horse at breakfast. So maybe sometimes things rub, rub off on us. When we look at social media, which I know plays a huge part in everyone's lives, what advice would you give girls, say, about my age, about how to use it and not use it? So I think you've got to be I think like everything in life is about moderation. So managing the time that you spend doing anything not just social media really matters because otherwise you choke yourself of other opportunities and i also think the damage that social media can do can be devastating if you don't recognize that in all things in life there's good and there's bad and if you if your gut feel in your heart of hearts you feel that something is negative move away stop looking detach, change the scenery, drop the routine, get some help, tell someone and don't let social media impact you in a negative way because you have a choice to feel the way you wish to feel throughout your life. Right. My favorite word is choice. And. I think you can make good choices and bad choices, and sometimes it's it's you have to make brave choices, but my goodness, does it feel good when you make the brave choices? Because they're sometimes the more difficult ones. And I think social media also can bring a lot of positivity. I'm running a campaign to teach women to be aware of breast cancer, and we're using social media very positively. So, again, moderation, balance, being sensible. You know, it's like anything. You've got to apply common sense, I think. I know you have written two books. What was the biggest challenge for you when you were writing them? I write drivel. I'm rubbish at spelling. I'm disorganized. Um, there's lots of things I'm rubbish at and I get carried away, write too many words and then I have to hack into it, which is really boring. And I think the most important thing in my book, which is uh, more balls than most is the money goes to prostate cancer, but also the lessons in it mean that I could say thank you to all of those people that helped me in my businesses because there's a memory of what we achieved together and I'm really proud of that and them. Have you had any mentors or have there been anyone that you have have particularly admired? That's a great question about mentoring. Um, yes, I've had mentors almost all my life in some shape or form. Uh, and I've looked up to people and, you know, my first teacher, Mrs. Robinson, told me, you know, you may not be always top of the class, but if you do your best, then that's the best you can do. And I think that's a great mantra for life. And it's a great, great lesson for doing the best that you can, whatever you do, 
because you will go further and faster. You may not always be the best, right? But at least you can have an attitude to try. And that mentorship taught me that I definitely don't have all the answers. And definitely in business, when I began, I didn't have nearly any of the answers and I was just winging it. So the more that I could create relationships that created a mentor relationship, the faster I could learn, the better the advice I got, the more professional I became and the more educated and the more educated you are and the more expert you are in different fields, you know, the more valuable you become. So hard work pays. What tips would you give girls when they start to think about their careers and their future? Do something you love. That's it. (laughs) Something you love, right? Because, you know, we work many hours of the day. So do something you're passionate about that gives you a buzz. You know, it's I loathe school, right? I thought school was really boring. I'd much rather play sports. And I wasn't particularly great at school, but I was at a, a challenging school and I loved maths. And my goodness, that has served me well in business. But I didn't know that at the time. So whatever you do, whatever your choice is, do something you love. The world is changing so much and so quickly. What do you think work for women might look like in 10 years time? Um, what would work for women look like in 10 years time? I just hope that there's more diversity in boardrooms, but that won't happen if women don't ask difficult questions and challenge themselves. And women are just as guilty of not doing that as men are guilty of ignoring diversity. So I think it's a team effort to make change. And I hope that there's also still more progress towards flexibility and agility in the workplace around part time workers, people coming back to work. After all, we have the babies, so we need a bit of support. But I think if the dinosaurs that don't believe in workplace and agility die off, I think we'll be in a better, more creative and balanced environment. And I hope we are. Now, before we go, please tell me a little about being on The Apprentice. You were fired. Was that fun? (laughs) Yeah, um, I only did it really because I thought it would be quite cool because my kids think I'm a boring businesswoman. And I kind of I had the chance to do the dragon's job and I didn't want to do it because I don't quite feel it was right. So then I thought, well, actually, my kids might think this is quite cool and sometimes you should do things for fun in life so I knew luckily I'd met Alan Sugar many years ago but more importantly I also feel that programs like that give the chance to inspire others into enterprise but I also should give you a health warning that the apprenticeship isn't in a lot of ways like real life business it's not as glamorous it's a lot more you know, grind. Um, Yeah, and it's sometimes the desk work, which can be really boring. Well, I've really enjoyed chatting with you today, Lara. Thank you so much. And I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their careers. Keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcast as I talk to many more brilliant women. Thank you to our sponsors, Haynes Watts and Levi Strauss for their amazing support. (laughs) 